Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. It's got to go over for Wellington. If it goes over, then Canterbury can't win. But he's got to hurry up. Reuben Love steps up, nails it. And now they know. Wellington. They are just seconds away from glory. All they need to do is take the ball down and get rid of it. Canterbury comes through. Wellington have got it. TJ Pettin out of centre back and Peter Lockery puts it into the stands. What a year 2022 has been for the Wellington Lions. They've done the double. Ran Philly Shield and now champions of the Bunnings NPC. One and a half minutes after one. Yes, welcome into this Sunday afternoon. It is an absolutely beautiful day here. This is the Rugby Run. I think it's officially called the Rugby Run. I was going to call it the sidestep. Anyway, uh, congratulations to Wellington getting up over Canterbury yesterday. 26 points to 18. Got to say, watch the game. Very, very impressed indeed by what we are seeing with this Wellington outfit. We will have Shane Howarth on the programme very shortly. An independent to reflect on this final. We will open the lines on 0800... 150811. That's 0800 150811. If you want to be part of the program, you can also text us here on 8833. We will get plenty of reaction out of Wellington as well. We will bring you all the audio. And then, in addition to that, after three o'clock, we are going to look back on a very good victory by the Black Caps over Australia in the T20 World Cup. Garth Galloway on the program. So plenty to talk about. There's a number of rugby issues that I do want to discuss as well. Players heading off on sabbaticals. Um, Mapasua, the Samoan coach, scratching his head at why the All Blacks are constantly picking up Polynesian and Pacific talent, arguably at their expense. I'm not sure that New Zealand appreciates when it is done to them. I'm not sure that a lot of New Zealanders appreciate the fact that the likes of Jamison Gibson Park, James Lowe perhaps were playing for Ireland. But until things tighten up, or I guess until there's the opportunity for Pacific Island players to make a lot of money playing for the Pacific Islands, there is always going to be that desire and need to want to play for New Zealand or play for a country which is perhaps going to set you up for the rest of your life or certainly put you in very good stead for when your rugby career is over. So I eight hundred one five zero eight double one is the number here on the programme. I just um, quickly want to give you a couple of thoughts. I thought I, I, I suffer 
Amua, why he's not actually one of the three hookers that's in the All Blacks at the moment is beyond me. I think he is just better informed than Dane Coles, without doubt. I think he should be there. This Duplessis Karevi, absolutely superb last night, as was Peter Luckey. Reuben Love. Haven't watched a lot of Reuben Love. Was scratching my head when Sean Stevenson missed out on that so-called All Black 15. But I've got to say, I can understand perhaps why he has been picked now. But just their ruck speed last night. Just their dominance up front. Very, very impressive. And while I think Canterbury have probably the forwards, just lacked something a little bit last night in their backline, didn't they? They were smothered. In fact, the second half reminded me a little bit like the Super Rugby final when the Crusaders just smothered the Blues. And I sort of sense that's what Wellington did yesterday against Canterbury. Anyway, joining us on the programme now is a man I've got huge respect for, played for both the All Blacks and Wales. His name is Shane Howe. Afternoon to you, Shane. Welcome. Afternoon, Wado. Thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Did you manage to watch the NPC final last night? Absolutely. Yeah, look. Uh, uh, Absolutely. Uh, uh, okay, <laughs> and you're you're a little bit of a neutral. So, look, I think everybody was no, hoping. I wanted Wellington to win. Yeah, so did I. So did I. I think everybody wanted <laughs> Wellington to win, just to mix it up a little bit. I think everyone's just sick and tired yeah. of the Canterbury sick domination. Canterbury winning everything. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So, so where did where did Wellington win this last night? Oh, I thought all over the park. I thought, um, you know, they really stepped up. And I thought Duplessis Karifi was their loose forward trio. Um, I think we're going to hear a lot about them in future years because I thought, I thought physically they were outstanding in that area, and and, and that's where I thought they they, for me, that's where they won it through there, and and. Gee, that Ruben Love's not a bad rugby player, is he? Um, and so they had strike power out wide. You know, Julian. I don't. You know, even though he's a little bit probably past his best, is still a danger. Um, but Ruben Love, gee, was he was impressive. Yeah, it's interesting when he was named in that All Black fifteen to tour, and Sean Stevenson was left out. I was sort of scratching my head because I hadn't seen a lot of Ruben Love, but I've just sort of said in my opening, I can see why. He is so highly regarded. There was, I mean, a little bit of Ben Smith about him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and because he's tried, he's been tried at ten in Super Rugby, and that's probably why we haven't seen um, the true worth of, of Ruben. The fact that he can play both is definitely an asset. But he just looks at home at fullback, um, you know. And that, I think it was Duplessis Karifi that made the break that put him away. I might be stand corrected on that, but. Um, the, the speed he showed um, to get, you know, to run the 45, 50 metres he had to go showed he had a bit of toe, but he's also, what I like about him is his kicking games, you know, it's pretty on, on spot and that's what you need as a, as a fullback. And, um, and he stepped up and goal kicked when Aiden, Aiden Morgan missed a couple, which I thought, oh, gee, I hope that doesn't come back to bite them in the bum. But, um, so he stood up calmly, swallowed the goal that, that made sure they won the final. So yeah, there's, there's a lot, 
to like about the young fella. Mm. Asafa Amua, I mean, we talk about ball carrying forwards, we talk about mobility. I'm just amazed that he still can't make, I know he's being called up for injury cover at the moment, but I'm still amazed that he can't get in the All Blacks ahead of Dane Coles or Cody Taylor. Mm, I would agree with that, Wado. I would absolutely agree with that. I mean, Samasoni Takiyaho has, has cemented his place, hasn't he? He's just absolutely. Beast, but um, but a suffer, yeah, I, I'm not sure what more he has to do to put himself ahead of, of those two guys. Now, I know there's probably a bit of loyalty rolling in there, but purely as a, as a footy player, as they are at the present state, Amor should be should be ahead of those two guys, no mm-hmm. doubt. Yeah, equally, just at first five eight, Fergus Burke for Canterbury, developing nicely, a typical sort of Cantabrian type player, really good percentage footballer, kicks well, good decision making. Then you got Jackson Garden Bashup, who's sort of a an unseemly looking player. He doesn't fit that sort of traditional rugby build that you expect these days from backs, but he likes to take the line on. I, I just scratched yep. my head there too yesterday, thinking how does Gatland? get into that all-black 15 over two players like that? Yeah, I think the problem with, with Jackson is he, he's, there's been a bit of inconsistency. However, I think through this NPC campaign, he, he's shown that you know he's cemented the 10 spot. He does attack the line well. He made a couple of lovely half breaks that, that set them free last night. Um, and I think it's probably just a wee bit late, but I think if he carries that form on um, and takes him, you know, he's sort of, with with Super Rugby, he was kind of, like I said, just a little bit inconsistent. But if he takes that MPC form to the next level, then I, he's got to be knocking on the door, at least being talked about in, in selection discussions. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought the one thing that was quite amusing, and I think it almost cost Wellington in the finish, and that was the substitution of TJ Perinara. I'm not sure why the teams continue to do this, why they preordain guys to come mm-hmm. off at a certain point when the guy's playing well. He doesn't look like he's out of steam. And then it almost felt like a little bit of moral corruption to get him back on the field at the end, where a forward, you know, replaced, <laughs> replaced a forward with a guy yeah. that's already left the park. And I thought, hey, hang on a minute here, guys. You don't want to tarnish this victory. Hmm. I I just wonder if in the back of the minds in the coaching box they thought they'd had the game won. Um, that's the only reason I think you take someone of TJ's um, experience and and fight and and mongrel. Um, that's the re- that would be the only reason I think you to take it off that they thought they had it in the bag. And then I thought when Canterbury scored that blink and try, I thought here we go. This is um, this is gonna something's gonna happen here. But Wellington's defence off that kickoff. Um, from the late try from Canterbury was was outstanding, um, and it got them it rewarded them with a penalty, and and that's where Ruben Love won the game. But yeah, I, personally, if I was in the coaching box, I wouldn't have taken TJ off. It's too much fight in, the, in him, and, and it's too much experience and in that cauldron to have, to have done that. Um, but thankfully, it didn't cost them. We we were Canterbury disappointing. Where did they get this wrong last night? Oh look, I, I thought physically they, they they were beaten up front. I just I just thought the the Wellington pack had it on them, and Canterbury's very disciplined and, and very strong up front, but they just didn't seem to give the, give the backline much much front foot. In, in my opinion, I just thought I thought they were physically outmuscled by by what was and it was an excellent Wellington performance. You know, Canterbury were weren't bad last night. They just they were just beaten by by a side that was on fire. Mm-hmm. How much emphasis is placed? You, you talked about some, you know, there were key moments, and you talk about from the kickoffs, you score, and then from the kickoff, you turn possession over, or you make mistakes, and suddenly you find yourself back mm. under pressure. How much emphasis is placed on exiting from the kickoff? 
Yeah, look, I, and, and by and large, down through, through the Crusaders, down to Canterbury, they're very good at their exiting. It just, I just think they, they just got that one a bit muddled. They isolated a guy, and, and that was where the turnover was. And it is, it's crucial when you're in that area that you can't leave a guy isolated um, going into any sort of, of ruck or any sort of physical contact because, you know, like I said, Wellington, they were hungry. Their loose forward trio... Um, we're onto everything, and and so that was only a millisecond of a of an isolation, but it it, it just meant Wellington could get on the ball, and um and it just didn't allow Canterbury to to get the exit that they would have wanted. Mm-hmm. I just, just I just want to come back to the Wellington loose forward trio. Look at the moment we've got Sam Kane, Shannon Frizzell, Akira Wani, Dalton Papalihi, Artie Severe, and Hoskins Atuto are our loose forward makeup for the All Blacks mm. end of the year tour. Is there enough time prior to the World Cup? for the likes of Caleb Delaney, Duplessis, Karifi, who I think, like you, just was superb last night, and Peter Luckey to actually yeah, well, make a play for the All Blacks here? Yeah, I, you know, I thought the combination of those boys, and Luckey, you know, I hadn't seen a lot of him, um, but, geez, he's not a bad footy player. Um, and they've got a really good combination, you know, that Luckey's the, the, the powerful carrier. Um, Duplessis, Karifi's on the ball everywhere, and Delaney's... Um, kind of allowed to get in and do all the, all the hard work and it'll be I guess it'll be what happens with the All Blacks on this northern tour as to whether spots open up or spots get cemented mm. um, and I think it, it's a very crucial tour and that you know the guys that have gone with the All Blacks squad they can cement their, their place in the World Cup or alternatively they can they can play themselves out of it so I think that the northern tour is going to be very very crucial um, to see who cements his spot and who leaves a spot open for the likes of Karifi or Lakai or someone to come in, you know, and and, and remove them from that. Mm-hmm. Just on that, and we'll segue into it. I mean, you've played for Wales. You understand the Northern Hemisphere. If they got their best chance of beating the All Blacks, do you believe, in a couple of weeks, haven't beaten the All Blacks since 1953, is this their best chance? Mm. Oh look, it's a it's a bit of a hoodoo, and and I'm not sure that that it'll be knocked on the head because the the hard thing is, um, the All Blacks um, have been playing up till recently. I think their last game was about a month ago, whereas Wales haven't like they haven't played rugby for a while. So and they're the first test. So generally, um, you know, I I think the All Blacks will get over over the Welsh. It's the Scottish that will be a very interesting game because people write Scotland off, but under Gregor Townsend, they've become quite a good footy mm-hmm. side. Um, you know whether they have the strength up front to to um, allow it to free their backs because Gregor Townsend was a fantastic running ball footy player, and you see that in Scotland. But they've got to get the front um, foot. So that Scottish game is going to be a very interesting one. And then England. Um, well, we know what England mm-hmm. brings. So are we going to be? Are we going to match that and get through them? So I'm really looking forward to this tour to see. You know, the outcome of, of the games. But look, I'd love my, my whole Welsh boys to get over them, but I can't see it.
Shane Howarth, my guest on the programme, former All Black, former Welsh international as well. Uh, Shane, just getting back to the MPC, um, disappointing crowd last night again. Uh, stadium really, well, mm. I'd argue, wasn't even half full. So what are we looking at? Maybe seven, yeah. 8,000 people turning up. And this is Canterbury we're talking about, who have a rich history, who have an expectation, the last bastion of hope when it comes to rugby. Uh, how, how much trouble are we in here domestically? I mean, what does New Zealand rugby need to do? Uh, is the game being neglected at an MPC level, do you think? Well, I mean, the crowds are, are saying it isn't it? like watching Auckland um, Wellington semi. Um, you know, there was there was it wasn't a big crowd. Was it Wellington Auckland semi? Yeah, it was. Yeah, was, yeah, in Wellington. Auckland, yep. Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, that wasn't. I mean, Sky Stadium looked fairly empty. So that and that's that's that is a worry um, because you know this is. The, and every time you go overseas or every time I've been overseas, people just talk about the NPC and, and the players that come through and, you know, the, the little baby nursery it is of, of New Zealand rugby, and it is. The concern is that um, how do we get that back to the crowds coming in? And I guess mm. a big thing is that back when I was playing, All Blacks were playing. So the NPC final, all the All Blacks were playing in it. Mm. Um, it doesn't happen that way now. Um, and, and I think, I don't know whether there's got to be a way to look at getting them back involved in the NPC because that's the way you'll get crowds in. Mm. You know, they, they, they want to come and see the Sam Whitelocks. They want to come and see the, the Sam Canes and, and, and the Waikato and Bay of Plenty jersey. You know, imagine if Sam Canes playing for Bay, you know, to fill the tower on the domain. You know, that's that's what they want, and I think that's that's the problem at the moment is there's no All Blacks there. Um, so the attraction... For the for the crowds probably isn't what it, what it would be if an All Blacks running around on the field or if five or six All Blacks are running mm. around on the field. So I think that, I don't know how they do it. What I I haven't got the answer to it, but I'd love to see All Blacks playing more NPC because then it gives more credence to the NPC. Well, yeah, but it's also starting to creep into Super Rugby, isn't it? It wasn't that long yeah. ago that you missed the first four or five games too because you were tired, mm. and then you know you've still yeah. got their All Blacks, even though sometimes they miss week after week of injury, they still have that mandatory week off, which is because they've been an All Black. Um, I, I mean, I look at the Auckland performance against Wellington in that semi final. I think, man, is this the best players Auckland Club Rugby has to offer and you know I sort of cynically think to myself well Auckland New Zealand Rugby believe as long as St Kennigan's and King's College are continuing to deliver talent we're going to be okay (laughs) I mean it's a it's a bygone era and I hate people saying in my day but I I was lucky when I came up through Maris I had All Blacks playing alongside me which made me a far better player when I was in Auckland it was just full of All Blacks so it helped you as a as a player um, to progress and, and to become better. Um, and it, as I said, it, it drew crowds because, um, you know, that's how it was. I don't know how they're going to do it, Watto, because there is a lot of rugby now. You know, Super Rugby starting in Feb, and then bloody do they, they play the, the um, July, June-July test matches, and then, they, then they're in, um, into the, the Northern Hemisphere tours. So... Um, whether whether you can get players into MPC, I'd love to see it, but uh, I'm just not sure how they can do it. Okay, look, other topic I just want to touch on with you, because I'm not a big fan at all. I, I'm just over players taking these so-called sabbaticals. Um, and this is a way mm. of New Zealand being able to prop up their incomes, <laughs> not at their expense, yeah. but at the same time, you know, in 2024, 
Wellington Hurricanes fans are not going to be able to see Geordie Barrett, not going to be able to see Artie Severe because they're going to be playing in Japan. I mean, to me, if the if the aura of the All Black jersey, if you need to stay here and be given all of those incentives to play for the All Blacks, as far as I'm concerned, you should just bugger off and go. Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? It's, um, it's the chicken and the egg, really. If you say no, they're gone. Um, are they gone, though? I, 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 well, I mean, yeah, it's speculation, isn't it? But if, if you know, Artie Sevier came up and said, oh, I want a sabbatical, no, sorry, mate, then he's probably going to head over to Japan and, and play full-time or head to Europe. I would assume. Um, yeah, and, and then and, and then and then what you do is you go and take Duplessis Karifi and you go and take Peter Lakai and you say, "Do you want to be an All Black gentleman?" And we move on. You know, we yeah. seem to we we seem to go out of way, don't we, to try and keep these marquee players here, but do nothing in mm-hmm. regarding keeping our top coaches here. Let's just go. If you're not Steve Hansen and you're not part of the crew, go take all our intellectual property overseas and just disappear. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I can I can understand your frustration. I, I and. You know, a part of me goes, yeah. If, if I'm not sure about sabbaticals, I never, never have been. However, do you want to keep the player? But you've just put a good point in. You know, if, if Artie goes, well then, Dubasek Briefy here's your chance, or Peter Lakai here's your chance to to go through and and become an All Black. So I think we'll always have that um, player behind. Um, so yeah, I can't argue with what you're saying there. Okay, look, Shane, I appreciate you coming on the program. Fresh Choice, Mungary Bridge, the finest supermarket in all of the country. Got, I imagine you've got some wonderful Labour Weekend specials. I mean, the service is simply remarkable. Your, your, your fresh produce is, well, it's a cut above anything. Thank you very much, Wada. I'll pay you later. No, no, you don't need to pay me, mate. I, I say it because I believe <laughs> in it, mate. I travel from Uruguay just to shop in your store. Cheers, mate. Thank appreciate you. it. Lovely. Thank you. Thanks, Sh- Shane Howard there on the program. Uh, former All Black, played for Wales, former assistant coach for Auckland. You can have your say now on 0800 150 The lines are open. 0800 150 You can text us here on 8833. Canterbury fans like to hear from you. Where did it go wrong last night? Wellington fans, and this will just be interesting to see whether anyone actually cares. Are you going to have a ticker tape parade for this Wellington team? Are we going to shut down the main street? Big talking points for me. Asafa Amua should be one of the three All Blacks, one of the three hookers in the All Blacks. In fact, I'd have him just behind Samasoni Tokiahi. I think he's that good. Duplessis Karifi, simply superb. I'd have Peter Lakai, Duplessis Karifi, and I don't. I'm, I, I probably need to see a bit more of Caleb Delaney. I would have those two players head of Hoskin Satutu and Akira Awani right now. I think the two that I've mentioned, I just think Hoskin Satutu is just not physical enough and I think Akira Awani is just, well, I just don't think he's there. I think when it, he's a bully boy, but I think when he gets bullied in a rugby game, I think he disappears. 0800-150-811 is the number. We are taking your calls. Any of those other matters that we did bring up, and I know some of it we're sort of redredging a little bit, um, but just that whole thing around sabbaticals, just go. I've got no time for it. Just go. You know, I've heard that of the 14 provincial rugby unions, only two of them are going to be in the red. 
are actually going to end up coming out of this financially okay. These are provincial rugby unions. Yet, you know, our players, who aren't actually winning that much at the moment, are all driving around in European cars and beachfront apartments and beautiful homes in some of the most expensive suburbs in Auckland. It's just something not quite right about the model in this country. 0800 150 text that has come in from Ken. Mark, sounds like Bell, McAllister, both unlikely for New Zealand 15. Sounds like broken toe and ACL issues. Hopefully, Kurt Eklund gets his chance. Yeah, I'd like to see Kurt Eklund get in. I've got to be. I've got to um, say that uh, watching last night, I can't understand what the fascination around Bodie McAllister is at all. Other than the fact he's a Cantabrian. Yes, congratulations to Wellington getting up and winning that MPC comfortably in the finish, twenty-six points to eighteen, dominating display. Just had such wonderful momentum heading into last night's final. I've been a little bit frustrated maybe by the lack of engagement or whether or not people actually do care about the MPC. Um, and it's not your fault. I keep saying it's New Zealand rugby's for making New Zealand rugby so top-heavy. I said earlier that perhaps you know the only true fan left in New Zealand rugby is Graham Patterson out of Christchurch. But there is one more. There is one more. His name's Brad Hudson. He does a lot of commentary in Wellington around club rugby, a lot of streaming of events, incredibly passionate about it. He has his own podcast called The Huddy Hooey, which has featured the likes of Dylan Hunt, um, Alex Nangaville. He's had Peter Lackey on the programme. Uh, he's had referee Ben O'Keefe. And I know that he was absolutely thrilled that his Wellington Lions got the job done yesterday. So we've got him on the programme just to try and put this in context for him. Um, and learn a little bit more about this very, very good Wellington team. Brad, good afternoon. Welcome. How are we? Oh, good. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to be on your show. And uh, I'm still in uh, an uh, absolute uh, over the moon with that uh, win last night. As a Wellington fan, since 2000, we've been in nearly nine finals and lost them. And we've finally done it after 22 years. And I would say that that performance last night surpasses that 2000 final. They were simply amazing. This young Wellington Lions side, the forwards, really turned up, and we never allowed Canterbury a chance to play their game. And even though a typical Wellington side, we nearly made ourselves nervous in that last five minutes. Um, But it was simply amazing. It's been a long time coming, and... Uh, over the moon, absolutely amazing. It's not very often that uh, an opposition outthinks a Canterbury team. Um, I was lucky enough, actually, I was working for Nike at the time to be at that uh, final against Canterbury back in 2000 and when uh, Wellington did get up and get the victory. But, yeah, I mean, when when this Wellington MPC squad was named at the start of the season, I mean, you have a lot to do with club rugby. Did you feel that they had that squad? Did you feel that was a good reflection of what you had seen locally? Uh, locally, we've got some very good young players coming through. Um, we thought at the start of the season, a lot of us that are very loyal Wellington fans, the weakness might have been our front row. Um, and we did get some players go down injured at the start of the season, and we called in uh, Pet Cowan, the former Wallabies prop. He played a few games for the Lions last year. He only played the one club game for Petone, uh this season. And his influence on that side, really was the turning point for the Wellington Lions. Um, our forwards, 
in the first sort of three, well, three rounds, we were outplayed. Um, who can forget that Northland game at Pyrrhura Park? We were, the Tarifa just absolutely outsmarted us at Pyrrhura Park in appalling conditions. And for many, that thought that might have been the Lions season then and there. But Pet Cowan, he's obviously, and Paul Tito as well, the forwards coach, have really turned around that forward pack. And the likes of Xavier Newmere, the product of St. Patrick's College Wellington, um, who's been in the Hurricane setup for a few years and he's probably played nearly 80-odd games for the Wellington Lions. He's finally come of age and he's really stepped up. And he was named the Wellington, Wellington Rugby Lions Player of the Year, the awards, two weeks ago. And the front row department has really done the job. And I think the icing of the cake is it doesn't come very often. But the 72nd minute, we destroyed a Canterbury scrum absolutely destroyed it and got a penalty. Even my uncle, who was on holiday in Wanaka and wasn't watching the game and thought Canterbury would win, he didn't believe me that a Canterbury scrum was penalised by Wellington in the 72nd minute. Yeah. So the yeah. forwards have really turned it around mm. since that Northland game. Yeah, I, I, I've just been talking to former All Black Shane Howarth and he talked about the loose forward trio here of Duplessis, Karifi, Peter Lakai mm. and Caleb Delaney and just how they're sort of working so brilliantly and collectively. Uh, tell us a little bit about Caleb Delaney. Caleb Delaney uh, hails from Nelson, and this is a young guy who's played his trade for a number of years with OBU. Um, he was identified at a young age by the Wellington Academy as a player of promise. Um, he made his debut for the Wellington Lions in, 2000, in uh, 2020. Um, but this, he got selected for the Hurricanes at the end of last season, and he's been through this academy set up with the Hurricanes, and he's just grown and grown. He's just consistent consistent player in the sixth jersey. He can play lock as well. And what was key also last night was Caleb Laney's steals, early steals at the line-out for the Wellington Lions. He's a quiet achiever and he just goes about his business. And he's a very intelligent, astute young man who's studying at Victoria University. Mm-hmm, yeah. you must. It must frustrate you, um, Brad, when you see this New Zealand or this All Black 15 being named and you run through the loose forwards that they have picked and that the likes... Um, you know that yeah that the likes of Peter Lakai, Duplessis, Karifi are nowhere to be seen. Uh, you just it's head scratching. It is head scratching, Mark. Uh, Duplessis, Karifi. Remember, he was part of the All Blacks squad for the Rugby Championship in 2020. He didn't get on the paddock at all, and <clears throat> he had a good MPC season for Wellington, and then he left, and our MPCs that season fell apart. Um, but this season, Karifi has grown into that captaincy. He's a passionate player. He's physical. And what was really key um, to Karifi's game last night was setting up that first try for Ruben Love. He managed to get that guard break, and he managed to draw in the Canterbury defenders to send Ruben Love away. And that pass was just pure timing. I'm up here in Palmerston North uh, this weekend. Mark, I'm at the Sir Gordon Titchens uh, Sevens, secondary school sevens tournament here at Massey University. And Gordon Titchens joined me in broadcast uh, the last two days. And he said today that Duplessis Karifi should be in that All Black 15 or close to the All Blacks after that performance last night because it was just courageous stuff. And he's just everywhere, Karifi. He's in the tackles and he's just been a real menace. And he's a player that I feel uh, deserves to be... uh, representing New Zealand.
Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you said the wrong thing off the field or something. That seems to be what gets you out of the All Blacks these days. You sort of, it's not just about your rugby skills. You've actually got to ask the right questions or you've just got to bow down to the coaching staff. Um, maybe I'm being just a little bit cynical there. Uh, Peter Luckey, um, yeah, give us a bit more background on Peter. Peter Luckey is a product of the great school, St. Patrick's College, Silverstream. That's my um, former college. Uh, he's come of age since year, year 10 at Silverstream. Made his debut for the first 15 at year 11. He's a quiet, humble young man, very shy. I had him on the Huddy Hui a few weeks ago. I was quite surprised. He came on. He, he uh, did it on a Friday night before they played Southland. And he spoke with real honesty. And he just goes about his business. And he's got such a great personality. And he has just grown this season. He was named the rookie uh, player for the Wellington Lions this season. I thought he would have come close to being player of the season for the Lions, but I suppose he's uh, first year in the squad. Um, he probably can't take that title yet, but he really last night uh, and this season has grown in character. And I think one of the funniest moments of the game was when he got over the ball and had a holding on turnover. And he didn't yell or scream. He just stared at Brendan Pickerel and sort of applied... Please, please, give me the penalty. And he got the penalty. Yeah, yeah. A no, great young man, no, was, Peter Larkoy. And he should have got the bloody penalty as well. I'm not sure why it took the yeah. referee so damn long. <laughs> he, he had every right to it. He, he didn't come in from the side. He was, he, yeah, no, he had every rights to the turnover. Uh, look, um, I, I think one of the big issues for me, as we saw it yesterday, you know, down there in Christchurch, it wasn't even half full for that final. We've seen games in Wellington where you might have had three, three and a half thousand people. What is? Why are you the exception to the rule? In some emails, what what's going on? What what's missing at the moment here, Brad? It's a very good question, Mark. I'm sort of probably an old man in a young person's body. I just love the MPC. I love the Wellington Lions. I actually like it more than Super Rugby, and I think it's just a, it's more provincial. It's more about loyalty to your province. But I think the problem in our day and age, Mark, is we've just rugby overload. There's mm. too much rugby, super rugby at the start of the season, then we have the All Blacks and then by the time the NPC comes around, um, people are quite fatigued you know, remember those days of the late 90s when, you know, Carisbrook sold out for a, an NPC final and uh, it was great we had, you know, and the other thing too is we don't get all our best players playing at NPC rugby all the time, we don't get all the All Blacks playing and I think that's uh, it's quite a sad thing that if we had uh, our All Blacks playing in the NPC it will definitely bring more people along. I think the other thing too as well is uh, society in itself has changed. There's a lot more yeah. going on as well. And um, yeah, and it's just about how New Zealand rugby are going to mm. try and address getting people back to our provincial game. You just look at the, um, the Heartland Championship and you're still getting people along there at those small grounds and big numbers. And also you go to the likes of... Um, Hawks Bay. I went to Hawks Bay two years ago to watch Wellington take on the Ranfurly Shield, and it was near sold out on a Sunday afternoon at two o five. We ended up losing, but um, what a passionate crowd! And it was just awesome experience to be there at McLean Park. And I think in Wellington, one of the problems is we've got a thirty five thousand seater stadium, and we're not getting a lot of people along. And we sort of need to think about taking the game around more to. Uh, the different regions in the Wellington area, whether it be out into Lower Hutt. We've we've gone to yeah. Pryorua Park on a few occasions now. So I think it's, it's about time maybe we look at taking the game out to where a lot of our local community rugby is.
Yeah, no, well said. I'm just watching this um, Heartland Rugby Championship at the moment. East Coast leading Mid-Canterbury 17 points to 10. There's almost a crowd in there, in and around, standing around, probably as big as what you might have seen yesterday for the MPC final. Uh, yeah, look, I, I mean, to me, MPC should be should be the focus. Get rid of Super Rugby. Let's put the emphasis back on the MPC. Let's get back to what back to what it once was. You know, find that model where you can somehow bring a commercial element into it or a sort of a corporate ownership only at sort of the, you know only at the actual shop window within your actual um, MPC sides, but. Something just has to change here because you're the, the second person this week who has said to me, don't prefer the NPC over Super Rugby. Agree, Mark. And something does need to change. It really does um, for the survival of our provincial game um, because, you know, we might have had some money come into our provincial unions this year. But New Zealand rugby do need to really think about this competition. We've got so many good young players coming through and it was good to have a more one-joined-together competition this year rather than a premiership and a championship. But we need to figure out how we're going to get people back watching our provincial game. Mm-hmm. Well, Brad, lovely to have you on the programme. Do appreciate it this afternoon. Thank you. And congratulations also the Ramfilly Shield to go with a remarkable season for your Lions. Oh, it's been a fantastic season for the Wellington Lions, the Ramfilly Shield and the NPC title. It's been a long 22 oh. years but we've got to enjoy it this long weekend. Yeah, yeah, okay, but are you going to enjoy it just on that? Is there going to be a ticker tape parade here? Is there any interest in that? I mean, what happens now? How do you celebrate this as a hardcore fan? What are the opportunities? Well, well, that's the question, Mark. 22 years ago, there would have been a ticker tape parade. Remember Norm Hewitt broke his arm in that final? He and he got He did. He broke his arm, and uh, Ruth Dyson wasn't happy about him playing with a broken arm, but uh, that was Norm Hewitt. He was tough, yeah. and he wanted that title. And there was a ticker tip parade. There was one when we run the Ranfilly Shield from memory in 2008. I'm highly not sure what will happen here, but when they did run the Ranfilly Shield this year, they took the shield out to Parramatta Plymouth on their, on their way home on the bus from Napier. And I suspect that's probably what they will do. They'll take the cup around to the clubs and celebrate it there. Hey, fantastic. Thank you, Brad Hudson there on the programme, reflecting on the victory of the Wellington Lions. Ben, we were doing a little bit of... um. Homework on why why um, we felt Bryn Gatland had been named as first five in this All Black 15 and couldn't understand why perhaps Jackson Garden Bashup hadn't been named or even Fergus Burke. And you've done a bit of research and you've got a theory on why Gatlin's got picked over those other two. Well, it's actually a theory you use, uh, Watto, and I've heard you use it before, so I decided to use your algorithm you've you've proposed on air before, and I've calculated the numbers, and I think it literally comes down to Instagram followers. Yeah, it's probably about right these days with New Zealand rugby. Yeah, it will come down to Instagram followers. Be a good rugby player, but have a big social media following because we want to tap into it. Because Brent Gatland has uh, 7,700. Yep. Uh, Jackson Garden Bishop just has over 4,000, and Fergus Burke just has over 2,000. So okay. I, I, have a, I have a feeling, based on your theory you've put, put on here before, I, I have a feeling that could be a reason. So you're suggesting train hard, be the best you can be, turn up, Week in, week out, but make sure you've got a really high social media following. Yeah, see, I'd never made the All Blacks on that, mm, mm. even if I did play you, rugby. You know we say it tongue-in-cheek, but 
It's almost got to that point, hasn't it? I mean, you've only got to look at the coaches these days that end up getting appointed in key coaching roles. How many of them come from a, a rugby background? Uh, all black background these days. Where is room for the club coach who's played 20 years in terms of getting his break at the next level and taking a pathway that a rugby player would take in terms of getting through to the All Blacks? And, you know, I think a lot of our real rugby brains out there are at a club level never to be tapped into beyond that because they just simply don't have the pile of they haven't been on the cover of Women's Day. 25, did I get my times right? 25, 20, so 30 seconds remain. No, they, they did change the time. It's not you making that up. The time, well, it had 79.40 on the clock and then it went back to like 78.10. Okay. So we got, we got 30 seconds to go. Scrum feed to East Coast on halfway. They just need to pick and go here a little bit and then put it into touch, I would have thought. Can't afford to give the tight head away. And just need to be smart. Little knock on at the base of the scrum, wasn't it? No, referee says play on. So they go one up off the ruck. East Coast on attack. Numbers out to their left. Yeah, just go one off the ruck again. Five seconds remain until 80 minutes is up. Another opportunity just to run the clock down. Big barnstorming run coming from their tight head prop. Gets across the advantage line. Their replacement halfback again just feeds it off to one of the replacement props. Just got to be careful here. Don't want to roll the wrong way. Just need to make sure that the cleaners support the ball carrier. Now they chuck it out the back. They'll kick it into touch. It'll East Coast. We'll win it. And it is all over. And East Coast win the Heartland Championship by 25 points to 20. The crayfish, the seafood, the scallops, the oysters... The best party in all of New Zealand rugby is about to get underway in Ruatoria. The public on horseback come out onto the main field. Local iwi, European all come together as one. Wonderful, wonderful moment for East Coast rugby. Thoroughly deserved 25-20 over mid-Canterbury. A blueprint, a model for every other provincial union in this country. Take the game to the people. Don't expect the people to come to you in the big stadiums. The cemeteries with chips, as I like to refer them to. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.